Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast, the regular season ensuing podcast after week one, the first episode after Sunday's um, woodshed beating. Oh, it sounds so ugly. Oh, hey, 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 week one, hey, what happened? Hey. AB things, I'm pretty sure, and everybody in here listening, you, you don't get the joke, and I'm not picking on any type of homeless person, but listen, <laughs> that homeless guy is probably still, like, waiting there, like, waiting on, <laughs> waiting on us, because anyone listening, we, we get out of the car, right, we, we park, we're getting ready to walk. 30 minutes to the fucking stadium. Fuck but- that, dude. <laughs> we killed it, though. I mean, we, we did it fast for some reason. It felt like 10 or 15 minutes for real. But anyways, we, uh, we get out of the car. A guy comes up to us, you know, asks for money and pretty much tells us, you're still going to get your ass beat today. And I was like, damn. And next thing you know, we're walking in the stadium confident as fuck, you know, we're riding high, felt good, you know, got great seats and we get embarrassed. And then we walk back in the rain, right? We walk back and out of the blue, this, this made me die laughing because you saw it first. I didn't see it first. And <laughs> you're like a little fucker. Like he. <laughs> He's, he's waiting, like, literally waiting. And he looked like, he, didn't you say he looked like he was on, like, demon mode or Bro, something? Bro, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever, I don't want to take the story away from him. I don't know if I've ever seen a homeless dude look so, like, swagged out in that moment. Like, hiding <laughs> behind the pole, like, giving me that demon look, like, told you. <laughs> you bitch, dude. Yeah, he got us. Yes, you literally summed up the story perfectly. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was an encapsulation of the day, right? You know, um, Browns fans coming in, uber confident, and uh, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, and they left feeling even more so that um, it it's tough, man, for all of us, for everybody listening. Um, uh, I think, in my opinion, it – of course, anybody can navigate, you know, conversations with opposing fans however much they want. If it's me, what I'm doing right now, I'm not saying shit to Browns fans. Like, it's just a harsh reality. Like, what? Yeah. They they can talk it right now. And I get yeah. it. Trust me. We, we all get it, guys. No matter how much you're involved, you know, on social media or whatever. Or, you know, some of you guys maybe aren't even on Twitter at all. Maybe it's a, that's a good thing right now. You should stay off that fucking cesspool. Uh, Browns <laughs> fans are definitely celebrating, and, and they genuinely are taking this like this is their bout to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, from this win. And, <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's, it's the Browns, right, bro? And, and beating the team like this, I get it. Uh, but, man. But it's, week one. it's week one, and we just watched, a, as Lindsey Patterson would say, the NFL was just drunk. I mean, it, we we've seen it right in in weeks last year. Just it happens. You have these weeks where NFL is literally like figuratively drunk, and it was it was a bad week. And you know, I think I think the Browns fans deserve to feel some type of way. Um, the only thing I will say in defense of my squad is okay. Cheer about your win. Y'all deserve it. You deserve all the props in the world. 
because you fucking you did that shit. You smack you smacked us and punched us in the face. But don't don't go on Twitter trying to be bold and put a banner up on one of your nicest buildings, but it still looks like complete shit. I mean, did you look at that picture in depth? Like they put the banner on like a building, and I don't know if that's like their nicest building in the city or something. But it looks, I mean, it looks really bad. Like, I feel like they could have put it on, like, so It's an encapsulation <laughs> of Cleveland, bro. Uh, Cleveland <laughs> is, um, I, I don't even want to be too negative about it. It is just a piece of shit city. It's just <laughs> nasty, dude. Like, I'm so glad. Like, look, Cincinnati's not perfect either, all right? Cleveland is not horrid. It's not like fucking L.A. Like, you walk down a street, you know, and you got more homeless people than normal people. But, like, it's pretty shitty there, bro. And, and yeah, like, that's a perfect encapsulation of it. Um, I guess I'll add real quick as well, since we're kind of, you know, talking about how shitty the city is. Um, <clears throat> Cover your nose. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. It smelled like shit, too. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but I-, I wanted to add that for you guys. Um I definitely like to be a man of my word, and it's a bit uncomforting that um, I spoke so much on the content me and Drake were going to create. But to be frank, I don't want to create shit. It was just such a bad experience with the loss. Um, we we did grab some footage, nothing incredible, and uh, certainly Listen. I don't Listen. see you guys being appeased to you know taking I, any experience from that. I will say. You know, we, we didn't have good content in terms of, you know, in stadium and stuff like that. We did have some really funny content. I'm going to send you it after this podcast because I, I fucking died laughing at one of the videos we made. So <laughs> we did come up with good content. It's just a, uh, how would I say it? A timing, a timing uh, type of uh, posting. We we might fuck around and post this week 17 or week 18, whenever we play the Browns next the end of the year. That's but, a good idea. Asking <laughs> is kind of, you know, <laughs> right. It's just, I don't know. It sucks. But at the same time, man, shout out to, you know, shout out to the Browns. They, they went in there. They did their fucking thing. They, they got a dub that they deserved, right? I mean, their defense yeah. bought out their offense besides Nick Chubb and Elijah Moore. It was terrible. You know, yeah, it, it was terrible. And then that's why, you know, I can't wait to talk about this defense mm-hmm. in tonight's episode because that defense looked great. I mean, it, it doesn't, if you're just a, a fan, right, that didn't watch the game and you, you go and look at the, you go and look at the box score. You would think that the Bengals defense played shitty, right? And that that was not at all what happened. So I feel like, you know, people that didn't watch it, um, you know, you just you'll see. You'll see soon enough. Um, I'm not not worried about our defense in the slightest. And what was the biggest question mark? I mean, we'll we'll talk about the defense, but <clears throat> just to get it right off the bat, Mr. Dax Hill. So, and I can't wait, like I said, I can't wait to talk about that defense. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, it was by far the biggest uh, bright spot of any facet of the game. Um, They looked exactly like what the fuck we thought they would. 
And I think that's the most encouraging thing in a hostile environment. Got some new pieces. Um, I guess as it turns out, uh, we thought that Nick Scott forced that fumble. I, I did my best to see it. Technically, it was Dewan Jones. As I look specifically, Jawan Jones's elbow hit the ball right well, they out actually, of Jerome, they Ford, gave Jerome it, Ford's hands. Well, they actually credited Jermaine with that. They gave Jermaine the forced fumble. Jermaine had a, a day. He was the highest graded player on that defense. He had a pick, or a pick not a sack in a forced fumble. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I, I ended up seeing um, you know, some closer views and like I said, yeah, Jermaine Ar- Jermaine's arm is like pretty much to Jerome Ford. He it just wasn't yet because I could before that it was Nick Scott. Then I like got cooked for saying it wasn't Jermaine Pratt, which is kind of fucking weird. I was like, I don't fucking know. Like I was at a game. Like that's what we hey. talked about a lot, right, bro? Like for me, I I mean, I guess we could add this. Uh, <laughs> me and Drake, we were pretty dead set on no more away games. That was fucking terrible. That was actually my first away game I ever went to. Drake has been to a couple before, um, and it sucked. I mean, for me personally, like, I I have a tendency to run my mouth. Not completely egregious, uh, typically with all facts, um, and that hurts the ops' feelings. Um, but a part of me was like, what if I did, you know, really just get too wild here with some shit? Um, there's very few people to back me up. It's just a reality because I'm surrounded by opposing fans. Like, I was like, this could get bad, man. Uh, let me let, let me get this off my chest before we talk about how bad our offense was and and our franchise who just got paid. You know, the highest highest paid player in the league, and apparently he robbed us. But but anyways, uh. I, I made a tweet, um, and what was so bad about this tweet is I didn't see it until after the Browns lost, and I, I didn't see this tweet. I, I remember tweeting it, obviously, when I saw it. I didn't remember uh, tweeting it, you know, as we're walking back to the car, but anyways, I see just floods, and I mean floods of notifications coming in from Chiefs fans. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, why, are, you know, why are Chiefs fans in my mentions? So I, I did make a tweet, guys, and I kind of take credit for Joe Burrow's 82-yard game. I, I actually have in my Twitter bio that I am the CEO of Joe Burrow's 82-yard passing game because I made a tweet, and it bit me in the ass. Karma bit me. In the ass. This is literally, I, I'll tell you guys, this is how you know karma's real. <laughs> like, I, I make a tweet on, I think, either Friday. Yeah, it had to be Friday. Um, and I, I was dogging on Mahomes, man. Second half stats, 9 of 24, 79 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. I'm pretty sure his pass rating was like a 27 um, so I, I, I said at the end of the tweet, if I would have just left it at, you know, Mahomes and second half stats, it probably wouldn't have roasted me so bad. But at the bottom of the tweet, guys, I said, in no existence will you ever see Joe Burrow 
ever do this. <laughs> and let's just say Mr. Burrow somehow, some way on Sunday had his worst game in the NFL. Uh, 82 <laughs> passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks, though, which was nice, right? Um, passer rating, I believe, was like a 55 or something like that. Uh, but his quarterback rating was better than Lamar Jackson. So his QBR was better than Lamar Jackson. So let's get that out of the window this week. Uh, uh, this week's matchup. But like I said, I am the CEO of Joe Burrow's 82-yard passing game. Yeah, man, it, it's just been, <laughs> I mean, to be straight up, bro, like, and as we've done it pretty well, you know, as, as we were talking about pre-episode, it has been a conglomerate of coping for us Bengals fans the last 48 hours, just to be straight up. Like, it, it's been tough, man. Uh, but look, bro, let's go ahead and get into some of the X's and O's, right? Uh, we touched on Jermaine Pratt a little bit, um, you know, and, and as few and far between these positives may f- seem, leaving game one, they do exist. What are those? I think what some of those are is, like you said, Jermaine Pratt, the defense as a whole I think played really well. Um, I think Sam Hubbard struggled a bit this game. Um, I think Dewan Jones just ended up having his number, bro. Uh, Dewan is a massive fucking man. Uh, And you got to give credit to the Browns, man, because – a majority of their plays were created off of just straight up creation. When a play broke down and this is why the best runner in the league has been touted, you know, with Nick Chubb for years, like he is just an incredible runner, man. They, they worked on those massive misdirections. Elijah Moore getting egregiously uh, from one field to the other insane even though it's only like 12, 15 yards. That was kind of the epitome of how the Browns sparked a lot of production. And, of course, they worked between the tackles, too. I'm not saying they didn't. Um, But beyond that, man, this defense was ready. Um, uh, It was a phenomenal feeling to see Dax create that play and get the pick. Nearly a second one, being in good position. Um, I think he played very well his first uh, regular start. Nick Scott played well. He had 11 tackles. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Nick Scott had 11 tackles. Wow. Yeah, I've seen that in a few spots. I don't want to confirm that, though. I've seen it. Let's, let's confirm it real quick. A few tweets. Yeah, that sounds almost insane. But I don't know, bro. Nick Chubb got to the second and third level. Lots I mean, of, especially for a guy that – oh, no, he had four. Four. What about assist? What about assist? Did he have like seven assists or something? Which sounds insane. Just a second. For some reason, ESPN wants to be on some bullshit right now. All right. Well, either way, I should have looked up that number before I threw that out there because I thought I saw the stat a couple times on Twitter. I was like, that's insane, bro. 11 fucking tackles? I mean... He had... 
combined tackles. He had four solos yep. and seven assists. So, and, and that's incredible for a guy. Insane. Safety, right? You think about Damn, bro, got you clutching out right now. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, it's better now. Be better. Yeah. You can hear me now? Yeah, can what you hear fuck? me? That's weird. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> Yeah, bro. Uh, I don't know what happened. Um, maybe uh, maybe it was going on the internet with some of that shit. Let's see. All right. So yeah, like I said, eleven tackles for a guy that didn't get burned. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he played fine. Uh, he did look a little out of place in coverage sometimes. But um, look, man, he's not a world beater. You know, it's gonna take time. But that was definitely one of the uh, that was the biggest surprise, pleasant surprise of the game, was uh, what a lot of people thought not would be an Achilles heel of this defense because of what we think Dax and Nick Scott are. Yeah. But of all of the strengths everywhere, literally everywhere on our defense is a strength. We don't have a single weakness beyond the safeties being a question yeah. mark. It's a great sign to see those guys be able to create such plays. One hundred percent. And I, I actually would love to get into these numbers that I pulled from Pro Football Focus. Um, Dax Hill. I know you might you might have saw these stats that I posted. Um, Dax played in a hundred percent of snaps. Mm. He allowed one catch for six yards. He was credited with two quarterback hurries and one interception. Passer rating when targeted. This guy, this this will make you guys shit your pants. 2.8. Passer rating when targeting Dax Hill in his first, like, season where he's going to have a full year starting. 2.8. First time starting at safety position, too. So, 2.8. You know, as we say, and it's the double-edged sword for everything, whether we would have kicked ass or, you know, obviously as we've gotten our ass kicked now, this goes both both ways as we're talking about the good. It's only week one. So, you know, of course, we're looking for a much larger sample size. But what did we talk about with Dax Hill? Did we talk about how he's cripplingly unprepared for this transition to become a starter? Absolutely not. We said about how he's ready. Did we talk about how his limitations are going to be crippling for this defense? Absolutely not. He had all the ability to be really good in this fucking defense. And you saw that transpire on Sunday. And Lou, he's the secondary mastermind. He knows how to put these guys in positions to win. So um, we definitely hope to see this, you know, be built upon one another from weeks two to eight to – 15 all the way to 18 and into the playoffs. And and if you have production like this, not not even to this level, because, I mean, shit, if you have this level, I mean, you're talking about a fucking arguably greatest season for a safety of all time. Right. <laughs> How about that? How about that for week one hype, Drake? Is Dax <laughs> Hill on pace to have the greatest safety season of all time? 
I, I wonder, like, if I really went to check the stats, I wonder if Dax had the lowest passer rating, you know, when targeted in the NFL. 2.8 is just insane. I wonder if he had one. This sounds kind of crazy, and almost certainly not. This is goofy to even think about. Did he have one of the best games for a safety starting in their first career regular season game? I mean, bro, it, it's not, in my opinion, nearly two picks, bro. It's not, it's not crazy talk, bro. This dude literally played a hundred. Listen, a hundred percent of snaps. He played a hundred percent of snaps. That means he was out there seventy-four out of seventy-four snaps that were played on the defensive side. That was probably the most most snaps. I know Cam Taylor Britt, you know, had ninety-nine percent of snaps, but. Behind that, he probably obviously was up there playing the most snaps. And what better way than to get him out there and get him ready for this season? I, I wouldn't say it's an overstatement that that could have been one of the best. Like, maybe if he was a rookie, right, it would have been probably more impressive. Yeah. People don't look at it like that. I mean, this dude's still young. He, I mean, two quarterback hurries. Right, you know, nobody, nobody's really Dude, that. Bad. Yeah, that is impressive as fuck. Like, I, I did not expect it to use them, use them in that way that they did. So, I mean, look, man, Dax was awesome in his first regular season game. Um, like we said, amazing thing to take from week one, and we yes. hope and, and anticipate that to be a positive trajectory. You know, for the rest of the season. Another guy we got to talk about in that secondary, Woo. bro. Drake, we got to talk about Drago. The Michigan boys. Mm. Uh, uh, what, uh, what does Yachty, Yachty's from Michigan. I think he calls them uh, the concrete boys. The Ooh. Michigan boys. Um, I mean, and, and they are locked down. So, yeah. I don't think that's correlative with concrete, but <laughs> they are – you want to talk hardcore? <laughs> you want you want to talk lockdown? Be things he did. He did pretty. I mean, obviously he didn't play as much as Dax did, but coming in right, this was this was a big game for DJ Turner. His first NFL real game, playing against Amari Cooper, playing against you know lined up against Amari, lined up against pretty much all these guys, and coming in to to take snaps away from Cheeto. You know, when Cheeto is coming off that ACL, the weather was terrible, so that field was terrible. Huh? What'd you say? Got it to him for the fumble recovery. Yeah, yeah, that too. And you, you look at you look at DJ's stats, right? Drago Turner. He played in 47% of snaps this week's game. He allowed one reception for four yards. He was targeted three times. Mm. Insane. I mean, the, the these two these two boys, they Michigan, the concrete boys, they mm. balled the fuck out. I mean, two catches for ten yards amongst those two, crazy. I mean, just, I don't care if you play in forty seven percent of snaps, bro. If you're not like, if Deshaun Watson is not coming out there, right, and he he sees a rookie. Like you know what I mean, like that. That should be like a quarterback's first instinct. Like I'm going right at that rookie. You know what I mean? But 
he really he really eliminated guys from the game when he was out there. And I, I noticed it because his speed, his speed is what really helped his game in week one. And it, it also, I feel, it's just the perfect combination, right? Especially for a corner. You know, I feel like with a receiver, it's like, all right, you got the speed, but can you can you separate? Can you catch? Can you, you know, make these plays? But with Drago, it's literally just cover the guy. You know what I mean? And that's what he did in week one. Yeah, dude, it, it was awesome. I mean, man, Cincinnati has had a lot of success. Uh, and, and I guess the jury's still out, really. Can't run too far with any hype on these Michigan boys. But um, we love us some fucking Michigan secondary dudes. That is the only praise you will hear me give Michigan ever for football. So, yeah, dude. I mean, look, to play 47% of snaps, um, I I did not see that coming. I did not. Um, I like it, though. I, I love it, actually. I love it because this the fifty three percent that Cheeto played was exactly what the fuck we thought from Cheeto. He played an amazing game. He locked down. I mean, did he let up a pass? Well, technically, technically, with Cheeto, because you know Mike Hilton's snaps were were also not up there. They were they were down because they can only use him in so many ways, right? But uh, Cheeto actually had fifty eight percent of snaps, and what was crazy. Oh. What was crazy in that game is you were right. Cheeto did not allow any yards, any catches, and he wasn't targeted one time in that game. I mean, come on, bro. Come on. I mean, you you, you literally know that a guy is coming off his ACL, right? Crazy. And I mean, like, come on now. that that You got a rookie out there. You got a guy coming off the ACL. That should be your first point of emphasis is attack those guys right exactly and Bro. those guys played their fucking asses off they balled the fuck out man like cheeto has been a star in nearly every statistical category these past two seasons with the Bengals. um but just pff yeah. stuff and even though pff loves cheeto but it's warranted with raw statistics and data on the field, what is the passer rating? What is the completion percentage allowed? He he's had the lowest completion <laughs> percentage in the AFC as a corner in the past two years. You know, like, technically, technically, if we want to get literal, I get it. He played fifty eight percent snaps. Not like he played a hundred or ninety or anything like that. His passer rating when targeted is technically lower than DJ turn or DJ turn than um, Dax Hill. So Cheetos was. 58% of snaps, bro. Wasn't targeted once. This man just came off an ACL injury. And I think, great pivot, unless you want to add something to Cheeto, are we saving the best for last? The Nebraska Cornhusker? Ooh, that boy bought out. He bought uh, out. Oh, I mean, of course, bro. I, I hate to say it for a second. I forgot. What you're referring to. Yes, of course, of course. The the other dude, um, this secondary, bro. I mean, this secondary is so fucking good. Like, 
Draco and CTB are going to be so fucking nasty. CTB, I mean, he's going to be a star. I think I'm ready to say it now. Uh, Not that I was averse to saying it before. And, of course, it's week one. But the trajectory from last season, and you saw it translate to week one this season against guys, quality guys, not trash guys, not premium elite guys. Good guys, though. Um, He locked him the fuck down, dude. I mean, the only deep ball reception, really the only significant reception at all that was let up was the uh, Mike Hilton um, uh, guarded play. I think on a Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, something like that. Bro, beyond that 35-yard play, Deshaun threw for less than 100 yards too. Ain't that shit insane? What if both quarterbacks threw for under a hundo? Like, so nasty. No, seriously, because that that play, when you look at Mike Hilton's stats – he gave up, I think, forty six yards total. In that, that all the yardage came from that one play. So if you if you eliminate that one play, all of our corners played fucking locked down in week one. And I think the biggest thing, right, in Cam Taylor Britt's game, and I agree with with you on PFF because sometimes you can't you can't take into consideration like grades as much you can't always like i feel like be like oh look at their grade they're shitty you have to also look at the in-depth stats and when i look at cam stats from this game bro 99 percent of snaps played and we're talking about a, a secondary in which mike hilton is you know rotating out he's not playing in on 99 percent of snaps you have cheeto coming off the ACL, he plays in 58%. You have the rookie coming in and playing uh, 47% of snaps. So the, this was a really big testament and really really big game for Cam Taylor Britt. A lot put on his shoulders, and he plays more snaps than any cornerback. He allowed two receptions for 17 yards, both of those to Amari Cooper. He was targeted four times. He had one PBU. Passer rating when targeting him was a 61.5. Definitely not good. I mean, (laughs) look, man, he played a great fucking game, and that PBU was incredible as well. That was on the deep ball shot. Uh, I don't know if it was to Amari or what. And Uh, shout out to the Browns fans who thought that was a PI. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were just unbearable, but. I mean, you, you can't really expect much less, you know, from Browns fans, let alone any opposing fan base, you know, when so we, you're we, one of the few Bengals fans in the area. So we, we hype up this secondary so much, right? How how did you feel about the defensive line? Because I, I think the defensive line got after it, caused a lot of disruption for Deshaun. Deshaun, I, I will, to his credit, he did make some good plays outside of the pocket, you know, scrambling and running he did he did make some good plays for that that was his only real success that that was his only real success in the game but besides that early on in the game bro Hendrickson all those guys were getting after it and that's yeah. what you he went when, when we're talking about a defensive line who was you know bottom four in sacks last year and how I mean did they get three sacks in this game I, I can't 
They did. Okay. They got three sacks. Yep. And, and, and uh, is that great? No, but it's good. Um, I mean, you, you get the sack, I think, on the first drive. Uh, it was a blitz. I think it was Jermaine Pratt, too, uh, throwing his name out there once again for all the production he had. It was great to see Trey get involved. Cam Sample got um, half a sack, and someone else did. I thought Hendrick. What's that? I thought. Full sack. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he got one sack. Jermaine. Oh, I think got you, got you. Here's what it was. Uh, uh, Zach Carter maybe got the other half. I know Cam Sample got a half. Jermaine got one, or Trey. Nonetheless, you get three. I, I don't know I exactly it. who had the other. Right one. Oh, they. I thought they had half a sacks too. So. Hendrickson was credited for one. BJ Hill. And that's he was credited for one. But I, I swear it was definitely half a sack, yep. I thought. It's interesting. But yeah, man, I mean, that fucking yeah. defense. I actually so, would. Uh, oh, Jermaine had 11, 11 total tackles. I mean, he totally balled out in that game. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we'll go ahead and transition to obviously the glaring thing, the thing that 99.9% of banks not help themselves but pay 100% or 99% of opposition stomping on the grave for, loving every chance they get uh, to capitalize on this Bengals, you know, infamous moment, um, the offense. Lots of positives that we took from the defense, um, and we have to hit on some of the glaring problems with the offense. Um, look, it was a culmination of dog shit. Let me run down a few of them really quick because it's really important to get them out of the way, in my opinion. The culmination of dog shit was if I had to try to list some of the biggest problems to smallest, it for me it starts with, Zach and Brian's insufficient play calling. That has been a crippling problem. And a lot of people say it's not as big of a problem. And I would challenge any of those people that say it's not that big of a problem to say it is also not Joe Jamar in the rest of this offense just being great that overshadows that bland creativity. Like they can't say that because they know that's what it is. They know that Joe. Jamar, T, and the rest of this offense's greatness because they are just fucking more talented than everybody covers up the mediocrity of scheming on offense between Brian and Zach. It's a problem. And it reared its ugly head. What did I fucking hammer home? What did we hammer home together talking about this game at nauseum? Establish the run game. They averaged five yards to carry. Some people would say, oh, but Joe Mixon had one 17-yard run. Outside of that, it was 2.6 yards a carry. I don't give a fuck. That's the point of yards per carry on average. They don't say, oh, that big run doesn't count. There's a reason Joe Mixon got that big run. Because the offensive line was able to create space, and Joe Mixon played damn good football. He was the best player on offense in week one and made a great play. They stopped running. They ran the ball 33% of the time, Drake. 33% of the time. When it when it's when it's when it's when it's raining, when raining it's, all day. Oh, just for Zach Taylor to add at the end of the game, man. I've never coached in a 
in a torrential downpour like that, which we were there, it was not downpouring. It just constantly was um, like a heavy sprinkle, constantly. So in a way, you're talking about how torrential the downpour of rain was. So that justifies you running the ball 33% of the time against the best edge rush chain in football and a good defensive line that's led by a good defensive mind in Jim Schwartz. Well, hear this. Hear this. Brian Callahan also pointed out the weather, but then Brian Callahan also was talking on Miles Garrett and how he's basically uncoverable or unblockable and that he's a Hall of Famer, which I agree. This dude's probably a Hall of Famer, but at the same time, you didn't even have a a game plan in which to possibly keep that guy, you know, and, and, and allow him to keep coming through. When you throw the ball 66% of the time, <laughs> that, that means you're giving Miles Garrett 66% of the time to fucking come after your quarterback. So it it's not smart. You can call a guy a Hall of Famer. You can call him unblockable, this and that, but you did nothing about it. You did. You literally did nothing about it. You almost no. if, let your quarterback get killed out there. To and, make it worse, bro, they barely even tried to chip him. Just imagine saying, you know what? Hey, Orlando, we're going to put you on an island with Miles. Is that cool? I get it. Orlando is a good left tackle. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, it, it's, it's truly a throwing up hands type of moment for me. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, it is ironic, and, and I really don't want to go down a rabbit hole of frustration with this, even though I'm only frustrated about it because it exists. Like, what can be done about this? This has been a prevalent problem since day one with Zach. And like I said, going back to a couple minutes ago, because of Joe and Jamar's and this offensive greatness, it gets covered up. And then people say, oh, when the Bengals lose, you guys only compete about play coin, blah, 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 blah. Well, typically it's when they lose because they have a fucking horrible game plan. Jamar runs six different routes throughout the entire game, maybe seven, and they suck. They're fucking boring. And it, the Browns sucked the life the Browns defense sucked the life out of the Bengals offense because they knew what they were doing better than what the Bengals offense did and thought that they were doing it's that is there's nothing more defeatable defeating than that bro to know that your opponent knows more of what you are doing than you do I mean I mean Miles Garrett was fucking acting like he was playing basketball on the defensive line you know what I mean snap of the game right six snaps Six snap of the game, just chilling, having a good time. And, and, and I mean, he nearly made a fucking big play on that play. And, and it's embarrassing. So, um, but you know what? We, we have talked about it at nauseum, you know, obviously on the long ass drive home. Um, and a lot, every single one of you listening have indulged on it as well, right? We'll begin to take a step back here. We'll, we'll be constructive from all this destruction that happened. What can be built upon in this game? What is a positive that could turn? Here's a perspective I, I got for you, bro, quickly. Yeah. Say, what did we take away from week one last year? Oh, my gosh, this offensive line is literally going to kill our quarterback again. Seven sacks, horrible, infamous, terrible time. This game, devastatingly, 
our worst players on offense were our biggest stars. Joe, T, Jamar, TB. They were the worst players. Joe Mixon was the best, in my opinion. The offensive line was fine. Were they great? No, they weren't. They were fine. Ironic how that's flip-flop, right? Right. Here's my main point, though. If you would rather, if I would have asked you before week one and all you guys, hey, would you rather have an insufficient uh, insufficient play from your stars or cripplingly insufficient and repeatable, terrible play from your offensive line? Which one would you rather navigate through? The insufficient. I mean, because you, you well, have the insufficiency of who, though? Your stars or yeah. your bad offensive line? Yeah, yeah, the insufficiency of the stars because you have that confidence that, you know, these guys are stars. They're going to get right hey, back at that, it. Like, Joe's not going to have a bad season. Like, Jamar right. isn't going to fall off. T's not going to go for 400 yards because he's lost his ability to catch a 50-50 ball or catch a ball in general. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's the positive overall that I'm taking because, like I said, as devastating as it is that the culprit of our loss is from our stars – what? Okay. Well, yeah. How quick is Joe going to turn around? Almost certainly this game. <laughs> but if it was the offensive line, right? I mean, just imagine how much agony we'd have, bro. And I get it. They let up one sack. They 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 tack it as two, but we knew that was an RPO play that Joe just got tackled early on. It was a clear RPO. One sack, like it. So within that form of dysfunction. That was something that I at least, you know, found some peace in. I was yep. like, okay, I guess. I like it. I, I definitely like that. That perspective should open a lot of people's eyes because we just emphasized, right? You passed on 66% of plays. and <laughs> Damn near 70%. Nearly 7 out of 10 plays, you're fucking passing the ball. And that, that gives Miles Garrett every opportunity. And you're telling me you only allowed on the stat sheet one sack who came from Jonah Williams? I, I Fucking great, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's so weird, right? The NFL was drunk week one. And it's just so weird that you see your offensive linemen play good. But it was your star players. It was Tia Higgins, Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, you know, all these guys mm-hmm. play good, but your offensive lineman looks fine. Your defense looks great. It's nothing to worry about. I know a lot of people, <laughs> I was, I, I, I felt the pain right after the loss. And it was just one of those, like, what the fuck? But it's just like, after you give it a day, after you sleep it off, you just realize like, this shit's not going to last. You know, I mean, like our these guys are the reason they are because they are so good at what they do. The Browns simply came out and punched us in the mouth. Guys like Jamar, guys like Joe, guys like T, you you really think they're just after one fucking game of the season, they're just gonna fall off a cliff and just fucking for the rest of their career, they're just not gonna be good. Because I, I feel like that's that's what it was, right? You see, like, Joe come out, just gets paid, highest co- paid 
player in the NFL and, you know, lays a dud like that. And it was an unfortunate game. But when you bring up the stat of 33-yard reception, you know, who who was that to again? Who was that? Was uh, that to- I think it was uh, it was, was maybe it? Cedric Tillman. But oh, maybe. okay. So, I mean, that happens. And if you take that play away, you're telling me both quarterbacks potentially under 100 passing yards, fucking insane. And you know what's cr- even crazier about that? It just falls on Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, even more so because of you knew coming into this game. You knew last year when you played the Browns. You just know you can't do that shit. And you want to talk about, and I know, I, I didn't see Zach Taylor actually talk about it. I saw Brian Callahan talk about it. So if both of them talk about the, the weather, it's an excuse. I yep. will say, you know, we were at the game. And I, I tweeted out, like, damn, this rain. But in no way was I meaning, like, damn, this is the reason why we're playing shitty. No, that's simple that, like, you guys did not have an effective game plan ready to execute. And I think coming out of this game, the point you just proved is the most comforting takeaway from this game. Well, obviously, you know, your defense and, and all that's great. But that's comforting, knowing that your offensive line lined up in pass pro 66% of the fucking time, and they only allowed one sack. Yep. I mean, people want to point out people want to point out quarterback hurries and pressures and shit like that, but they don't want to, you know, look at other ways, you know, how long the, the quarterback's holding the ball or are the receivers getting, you know, are the receivers having an effective route tree to run to get open? You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. Well, and, and look, those numbers were not great. They were not. And and I don't think any of us are going to act like that they were. Thus, the sacks were correlative with, you know, all of those other numbers because they weren't. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean. We didn't talk about Orlando, bro. I mean, Orlando looked very good in his first game. I know people want to show – it, this is what pisses me off is we're not we're not going to talk about the Chiefs on here because that that's strictly revoked. But it's the fact that you see these opposing fan bases, you know, pulling one clip from the game where you know Orlando has a bad rep, but doesn't give up a sack or anything. But they don't want to pull the reps from where he won. That that's the one thing that really doesn't make sense because this guy that's played in over five thousand snaps in his NFL career so far and he's only allowed 13 sacks in five years so I mean this guy that is is really good at his craft and I think that showed in week one and this team is this team's only gonna get better bro we're about to play we're about to get about to get it going man I I love the perspective that you pointed out though the the offense like that flip-flop because that that's the craziest week one shit that you wouldn't have expected but it happened, and it's like we got the guys where we're going to get past this 100%. Absolutely, man. And, and, and look, like I added at the beginning of it, it was a conglomerate of everything that was shit, not just the play calling. Because, yeah. look, we have won games with mid-ass play calling. Facts. We have won games 
with T having a terrible game. Like I, I, I hate to even bring it up like this, but there is an T is on an infamous streak right now in regular season games. His last two regular season games, he has 12 targets, zero catches. The Ravens game, he had zero catches in the week 18 game. And it's a na it is a nasty trend. And we know it's gonna end. We know it's gonna fucking end. He's incredible. He's a top ten receiver. It it's just been a nasty lull that has to end. So that's added to it. Joe plays I mean probably the worst game of his career. Uh and to add with that, why? I don't I personally don't think the calf is a problem at all. I think the speed of the game was a problem. It was a bigger problem than I thought. Just like the fucking last two, three, four, his entire career. It was a problem again. And like we said, 66% drop back time. 40 or 32 times you're dropping back against Miles Garrett when he's getting seven fucking chips. Five fucking chips throughout the entire game. 27, 25 times you are letting Miles Garrett go one-on-one. Right. He is winning. Ten of those. Ten. What are you going to do ten times with Miles Garrett in your face? Have a lot of fucking problems. So it's the baggage. And Jamar not playing well. None of the catchers are playing well. Joe Mixon, the by far the best player on offense, is not utilized again. So it is the everything little snowballs of dog shit or little piles of dookie shit, dookieville shit just added into a massive shit, massive shit ball. <laughs> that's what we were served, and that's what we looked like on fucking Sunday. Um, but look, man, we'll sum it up like this it's one fucking week. No. It's not an excuse. It's a reality. Remember, the reason between an excuse and a reason is accountability. We hold complete accountability. At least I do. And, and Drake, you've made it crystal clear. With everything that fucking happened, we're not delineating anything away from that. We got a lot of work to do. Yep. We got shit to get back on track of, but we will. As the stars were the biggest problems, they're the quickest to get it right, and we're looking to get it right in week two against the Ravens. Hey, that's all we can do. We're, you know, we're back here Sunday in Cincinnati. What better way, right? You come off a tough loss. Got it. You got it. You got to get the confidence back, you know, and playing in front of your own people. We'll, we'll get that started. You know, we'll get that fire lit. And in the following week, they get to play the Rams on Monday Night Football. So, or is it? Yeah, it's Monday night. Oh, Cooper Cup. No Cooper Cup, Cooper Cupless Rams, definitely uh, they should capitalize on. The Ravens, I mean, talk about Marcus Williams, the peck injury. Uh, the, I think both of their tackles are hurt right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, I think Moses is good. Ronnie Stanley is likely going to be out. Tyler Linderbaum, the center, That's right, two O-linemen, likely right. to be out. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins, catastrophic Achilles tear, just – Fucking terrible, man. Unfortunate, man. And, you know, the Bengals, Bengals got to have a game plan, right? I think Lou, Lou, <laughs> Lou's the one guy that you don't have to worry about. It's like, it's like the kid that 
he's like, you ever had that, that kid in your class, right? And you, you don't, you don't know them yet. You think they're, they're just like, I don't know. Cause they're so chill. You would think that they're just dumb, but really you just come to find out they're like a genius and they fucking ace all their homework. They ace all their tests and everything. Lou is that guy. Like he's literally so chill. He, he does his homework. He gets the job done. And I, I think one, one thing for this game is going to be interesting is Zay Flowers, who came off of a hot rookie debut. Uh, you look at the secondary and how they fared in week one, you know, just got, just got to do the same, same thing again, you know, back to back weeks. We, we saw it last year. I think the Bengals, uh, cornerbacks it, it might have been the first seven weeks or so the cornerbacks in general didn't allow a touchdown so I, I mean that that's a that's a big thing and if it wasn't for the infamous Bengals going for on fourth down and not converting which obviously in that point in the game they they had to go for it but not converting is what allowed the Bengals you know to give up another touchdown because at that point the Bengals only give up one touchdown in this game. And then they hold the Browns, the field goals on all their possessions, damn near impressive, yep. really impressive shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. So, um, and, and another little tidbit we'll add for everybody else. If you haven't seen it already, crazily enough, the top three AFC teams, all 0-1, and their quarterbacks played some of the worst football in all of the league. You know what? I before we get off of here, that's that's a good thing. I wanna I wanna actually add all their stats together. I wanna see how bad the three. So we got Joey B with the 82. I'll make this quick. So I'm, I'm really, really quick. <laughs> That's 82 and then 52.2. Josh the Allen. The completion percentage has to be fucking disgusting, dude. Oh, I totally forgot about the completion. It's got to be like 50%. <laughs> We're about to see right now. All right, so there we go. Let me go here to Joshua Allen. Mr. Go Crazy. <laughs> oh, Josh Allen completed 70 Damn near 71% of passes last night. Holy shit. With three picks? Damn. Yeah. All right. And then we got the one. Yeah, three picks is just fucking insane. He, he might lead the NFL in interceptions this year for real, for real. Oh, I mean, he probably will. I uh, mean, he, that was awesome. Bumble, didn't he? Let's see. That was that was honestly crazy. How uh, we were watching the game in the car on the way back, and before before the um the game kicked off, they tried to ask ask uh, Dak like, "Hey man, you uh you you turned the ball over more than any quarterback last year. You know how how do you feel about that?" And he fucking goes out and puts forty on the Giants. I'm like, wow. Uh, yeah. It's, wait, wait, wait. It says he fumbled twice. Did he lose him though? Oh, so yeah, he, I don't know. It, it's not saying lost fumbles. 
Damn. What? Yeah, because sometimes they do on I know the NFL app. Let me hopefully it don't end this. Two, three, six. Um, sorry. Sorry, guys. This is the mathematician here trying to get the stats pulled up. Damn, these guys' quarterback ratings were just nasty. Just nasty. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, I saw you add them up. Wait, did you add them up? No, I don't think you did compared to Zach Wilson's. No, that was that was like ESPN. I was like, that's fucking yeah, that's real nasty. That. I think someone right. was like Zach Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo QB one and two after the season. Oh. I'm like, oh my god, bro. We were no, I was, man. Like, I was like, I could be a troll and be like Zach Wilson better than Josh Allen? Question <laughs> mark. Crazy, uh, crazy, bro. Two twenty six. Did you ever – did you look that up or were you scared if uh, – might... Nah, I was scared that I was going to lose connection. Uh, I yeah, thought that, I was. That makes perfect sense. All right, so 77.5. And then what was his completion percentage? 53.8 from Alms. Whew. All righty, let's plug these stats into the calculator. Beep, 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 beep. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Man. Oh, gosh, that's terrible. All right, so we got that. Tell us out of the yards. This is crazy because I think their yards, their yards are. <laughs> How many yards did two throw again? Like Tua? four nine. He went crazy. Uh, yeah, I think he threw like four fifty seven. I think. No, I think he threw way more than that. Uh, I thought it was only. I mean, shit, bro, way more. How much are we talking? Yeah, let's see. Four sixty six. I thought he threw like four ninety seven. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, did did you end up getting those numbers though? I'm almost done here. That's All why. Right. Oh, that's why you probably asked to us because it may have combined it for. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that, crazy, that, dude. That, that, bro, that's exactly why I did it. That's exactly why I asked. I was like, no way right now. Yeah, that'd be nasty. All right, here we go. I'm ready. I'm about to tell you these stats. All right, so among these three quarterbacks in Week One. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow combined. They all, three together, had 544 passing yards. (laughs) (laughs) Two touchdowns, four interceptions. Pick six. They had a pick six. Yeah, pick six, 56.6% completion, 64.1 quarterback rating. That's nice. That's a nice quarterback rating right there. I mean, come on, no. man! <laughs> it's so terrible, man. I think, uh, I think that's that's damn near what CTB was. CTB was allowing his way, so no shit. 
Yeah, man, those stats, those stats look horrible. I, I want to add this really quick, bro. How fucking funny would it be, like, if the NFL, uh, if the NFL or ESPN was like, guess this quarterback, and you see like the three images, you can't make it super clear. Like, if you shade them out, but if you show the outline, you could tell who they are. If you just like add the cluster of three guys, here's their stats over the weekend. It would be typical, you know, people would be like, oh, you know, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy G, like, Zach Wilson. Then they show the guys, it's like, what the fuck? I feel like that right. was so funny. Gosh, that's hilarious. I might have to take that idea. Nah, yeah, do it, bro. I'm sure that shit will blow up because it's a perfect encapsulation of week one. But uh, look, man, unfortunately, I don't have my phone charger on me right now. Oh, my phone's at five. Um, we're looking to wrap right. this puppy up anyways, so... Guys, we ran through the positives of um, week one. Almost all defense. There were some positives that we ran through on the offense. Pretty much Joe Mixon. I liked uh, what Chris Evans shown as well um, in the offensive line as a whole. It was fine. That's an okay threshold. Uh, we're heading into week two, man. And none of us want any more than to get right well. And if a win is a win. I think we is well enough for all of us, right? But a convincing one, we'd certainly be open to as well. Yeah, man, we're, we'll definitely turn it back up this week. I think that you know these guys, they're professionals. They know they know they're not they're not fucking losers. These guys aren't losers. So it's time to get back at it. We're back home in Cincinnati. You might you, you're gonna have to pull up to the tailgate because I know everyone's gonna be out there this weekend. It's gonna be lit. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um. Oh shit. One thing we almost forgot. Well, Collins, unexpected Ooh. cut. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, my phone is rattling down percentage here, so we're gonna have to run through it quick. Uh, very surprising cut with Lael. Uh, to be straight up, we do not know why and i don't know if we will ever know why this happened exactly uh we don't know if it was mutual agreement as if another team is begging to get him a starting job um i don't know but the Bengals saved seven million dollars in cap in this year seven million next year and um it, it is what it is man nothing too crazy I just – I know no news has come out. I just wonder if he failed his physical. Because, you know, that, that's something typically you feel like you would hear right away. But, you know, him already being on the pub list, it, it's just a weird situation. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not a fan of it. I get it. But at the same time, you know, we're talking about the long haul of the season. Guys, you know, that – you know, we need that depth behind. I wasn't a fan of the move. I really wasn't. I don't think mm-hmm. any, anybody in Cincinnati was really a fan of the move. The only the only positive I see out of the situation is money. You know, fourteen million over the next two years added back to your your cap spaces. It's definitely big. You know what I mean? When when you were talking about a guy like DJ Reader or Cheeto or T Higgins, so I definitely think that. That's that's one of the positives that comes out of the signing. But when I when I think about sixteen more games, right, and and betting on that, and your, your best lineman right now coming off the bench is Max Sharping. You just healthy scratched Trey Hill. 
made sense, but you also held these scratch Jackson Carmen. So, mm-hmm. I, and I, I wasn't a fan of it, but you know, yeah. the season, the season will go on and we will continue to show who the fuck we are. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it, it is. It's definitely a bit confusing. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that point off top because that may have been the main indicator and the reason for them to pull the trigger to let him go of a failed physical. Um, look, man, Lael had some ups, but lots of downs last year. The substantial injury history added with this other injury. And it it, it is a lot to feel um, comf- comfortable. I mean – a perspective the Bengals could have seen of it, an aging tackle that's in his 30s now has had massive injuries. Fuck up his career. Has not played a full season since 2018. And as we all know, very unfortunate for him last year, was so fucking close to doing it with us. Was so close to doing that last year. But still navigating through another injury, maybe they just finally tapped out. They tried to make it work. Maybe with that failed physical, it's like, you know what? We can really use this cash. We're strapped more than we'd want to anyways. We just, mm, this that's is what nasty. Was, that, that's what was so smart when when we first looked at the Lyle Collins contract was they had that potential out after this year. So they, oh. they get out of that contract and make a lot, a lot of that money that they gave him in that contract back. So – I think I think that's the positive you get out of it, but you know we just hope that that next man up mentality can work out. When you know, because you hope for healthiness, you help, you hope for for all that. But you're know, talking about a long stretch down, down the season. You just hope that that position and that group holds up. Exactly, man. Exactly. But it's on to week two. Everybody, uh, the nightmare is over. If you want it to be. Um, AJ Green, AJ Green coming to town Sunday, baby. The Raven Killer. It's a beautiful fucking sight, man. Nobody else would want more than AJ. Um, as Chad has already been before, uh, the the you know um, roar of the jungle against the Ravens. I think um, it's a perfect fucking selection. We're also excited for it. Chad busy last year with the Cardinals. Now finally able to express his full wholehearted fandom for Cincinnati and the Bengals. So uh, it's a great fucking thing, man. But my phone is ticking. We're at 1%. <laughs> so uh, any quick, quick thoughts, bro, before we head out of here? That's it, brother. All right, man. Well, appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. It is Tuesday night. Me and Drake will look to get back with you, uh, likely recording on Thursday night. Drop Friday to get ready for the game on Sunday. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Peace. All right, bro. Peace.